And now, my friends, River Dance, a full-bodied orchestral dance piece composed by Bill Whelan, involving traditional Irish dancers, the Celtic Choir Anuana, and the magical dance partnership of Gene Butler and Michael Flatley. Ladies and gentlemen, River Dance. Irish dance if you want to oh, you can leave you. your friends no, behind and if your friends don't Irish dance then if they don't Irish dance well they're no Irish friends of mine no, you can Irish not. dance if you want to you can leave your friends behind and if your friends don't Irish dance then if they don't dance well they're no friends of mine I take hi. back my previous statement about just letting you live in your bits fuck you <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody you're listening to the men without hats conversation podcast no this is I think you'd be into it the podcast about your faves I'm your host Brandon Beck I'm your host, Beth Scorzato, who is uh, the reason we mark this show explicit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and joining us uh, this week, you know her from Haymaker at the Pack Theater. You know her from Gallery 1988. And uh, most recently, you know her from having the coolest buzz cut of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, Courtney Page Barnett. Courtney, Thank welcome you. to the show. I haven't Thank seen you. the buzz cut. Oh, it's not that cool. I'm going to go to your Instagram right It now. rocks. It's great. That's fair. You know, it was there was no um, styling to it. Of any, I had no master plan of coolness in mind. It was just to get hair off of my head. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see uh, what my natural hair color is underneath it. <laughs> but I just I feel like a little boy, and uh, I'm planning on coloring it soon. Do something wild. Hell yeah. Yeah. Conversely, this is the longest my hair has been in forever oh and it's not that long um but literally same it's just the longest my hair has been in forever and i was like oh i don't know it's such a stupid thing like when i say it out loud people laugh at me because i was like i don't know why i was suddenly like i've always like gotten really frustrated and cut it off before like i don't know why this year it's been different like why it's been fine and it hasn't bothered me and the answer is i wasn't working because let me tell you i went back to work last week for five days and uh having this much hair under my hard hat i was like wow i want to cut my entire head off not just my hair all of it just gone (laughs) please just kill me take my hard hat off take my hair down it's wet and it's not because i took a shower i'm like oh god it's oh, not yeah. that I have long hair, it's that I have a lot of hair. That's true. It, it's just really thick. It's really thick. Yeah. I was so, uh, only I was living in ponytails because it was just long yeah. and messy and uncontrollable. But it's wait, like, yeah. oh, I remember I didn't work at Coachella this year, immediately hate my entire life and cut all my hair off. That's what happened. <laughs> but how how long is it right now though? It's only down to like my chin. Like it's right. not long. It's not my hair is longer than yours. Yeah, his hair is longer than mine. It's not like long by length standards. I just I have so much of it and I like having it. But yeah, if uh, if I do start going back to work, man, this is not going to work for me. It is too much. What were you doing that requires a hard hat? I work as a stagehand. um, So for what I did last week is uh, we spent four or five days uh, 
building and installing a stage and lights on the roof of the Beverly Hilton Hotel for the Justin Bieber New Year's Eve concert and then uh, spent two days taking it out. Oh, boy. <laughs> we get to be a so. badass in a hard hat. I mean, I get to wear a hard hat. I need that's the next thing I need to invest in. A hard hat with better ventilation. Maybe that'll help. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or one with a mohawk. Right? right? Only if it's per- it has to be the correct safety rating though. You can't be can't be just any kind. True. Unfortunately. OSHA has a lot of rules. <laughs> Damn it, OSHA. Let me have my Damn mohawk. You, OSHA. Those stuck up nerds at OSHA. Maybe I'll morph this into a mohawk as it gets longer. Who knows? Nice. The first thing, though, awesome. my mom did say right when I showed her photos, or I was like, look what I did. And she, I don't know if she assumed it was a mistake. Um, she, was, <laughs> she, was, she was like, oh, it'll grow back fast. <laughs> That's the point. My mom has hated my beard for as long as I've had a beard. I don't think she'd like the fact that I can pull my hair back now, but I don't care. Yeah. They're not near us. It's fine. But speaking of uh, badasses and hard hats, uh, before we get into uh, Irish dance, let's talk about something we're into this week, shall we? Does anybody have one? Because if not, I can go first. You can go. I'm busy looking at Courtney's uh, haircut. Oh, no. <laughs> I look like my brother, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, Brandon, you go first. So the thing I'm into this week, oh, I'm gonna it's go. Super cute. Fuck you. Yeah, right. It rules. <laughs> it's so good. Still help. So the thing I am into this week, I've been watching The Stand on CBS, but it's not The Stand as a whole. Um, the Stand is is real good. Um, it's the new adaptation of Stephen King's uh, 14 billion page book, The Stand, which is about a uh, a pandemic that kills 99% of the people on Earth, which um, at first I was like, wow, CBS, not reading the room. But turns out it's actually it, – it's, it's, it's a nice watch uh, with all of the crazy shit that's going on right now. Um, but the thing I am specifically into this week is Greg Kinnear – in the new version of The Stand. He gets introduced in the third episode uh, as the character Glenn Deagleman, who's like a sort of like hippie professor. And in the book, he's much older. But in the in the show, he's basically however old Greg Kinnear is now. And he's introduced uh, vaping and listening to Steely Dan. Steely Dan. And it really just like it was good Greg to know that. Fifty-seven years old. Okay, um, and it's it's yeah. I think in the books, Glenn was more like late sixties, um, but uh, it's good to know that even in an apocalypse where ninety-nine percent of the uh, people on the planet have died, that there's still gonna be a middle-aged man out there vaping and listening to Steely Dan, and like it sort of felt like a potential look at like a not the worst possible future for myself, but also not the best possible future for me. Uh, I mean, in <laughs> um, fairness, when he, when he told me about this earlier today, I was like, uh, isn't that all I've been doing in the apocalypse? Smoking <laughs> the steely dance? Oh yeah, like there's one there's one shot where it's Kinnear on his back. I mean, actually it's Hall and Oates for me. But. Fair. Uh, Kinnear's on his back and he's blowing vape smoke rings at the camera while uh, back Jack, do it again, is playing. And I was like, oh, 
This this is me now. I hope this is me in 24 years. Is there is there a person uh, frantically setting up their Zoom like office space? <laughs> no, it's it's much more apocalypse than this. The stand. It's like there's no more power. Uh, so you can't order your comfortable luxury sweatpants from ever. Yeah, it's more like no. zombie apocalypse than pandemic apocalypse. No, I I remember the. Uh, at it, least that's my impression. Was, I didn't read it, and I watched only the second episode with him, and was very confused. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, it definitely is a like, uh, you know, basically everybody gets the flu. Their neck turns into like a frog's little yeah. expandy sack, and then they just kind of explode. I remember the Gary Sinise one. Yes, yeah, the one from like '93 or yeah, something. I haven't seen that in forever. Um, so when I saw the new one was coming, I was like, bad timing. And that is why I have not watched it. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I think the, uh, as far as the casting goes, the only, the only thing I'm, I'm pretty sure of is that Gary Sinise's character is, uh, James Marston oh, in this oh. one. Uh, Mother Abigail is Whoopi Goldberg, which is awesome because yeah. she's playing a really old woman, but she's still Whoopi Goldberg. So she'll right. just like. Like, there's a scene where she's being, like, helped through a hospital, and she's like, I got it, don't worry about it, and it it's very, it's a very good adaptation, um, though it's, they're doing it in a, uh, non-linear timeline, which is really weird, mm. um, so, like, I'm not even sure if it would, if you'd never seen the miniseries or read the book, I have no fucking clue if this miniseries would make any sense, because it kind of feels like the stand mega mix in a way. <laughs> in fairness, while I was making a bunch of jokes about how it was really confusing, and I did only watch episode two. Yes. I understood what was going. It wasn't bad storytelling. I understood what was going on. And contextually, I could tell it was different times. I think I had also heard you mention it to someone. But, like, contextually, I could tell that it was jumping back and forth in time. I didn't really understand what that was, what purpose that was serving the story. I Like, narratively, I don't, I don't know what it was. I'm not entirely sure the show does either. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not sure how that serves the story. How that mm -hmm. serves how how these time jumps are serving the larger narrative. However, I did understand what was happening. I wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't like lost. I could tell who these characters were. I just didn't necessarily care because I didn't have long enough with any one of them to get invested in who they were before we changed where and when we were again. Yeah, it, it it sort of rather than the kind of Game of Thrones problem where like every character gets a scene. In an episode, and then that's kind of all you have time for because you have 45,000 main characters. They basically have structured this where each episode is mostly focused on one or two characters. Like the pilot, the pilot is almost like a standalone, like psychological horror movie about the creepy kid who plays Harold Lauder mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of uh, James Marston and uh, Hamish Linklater being trapped in the CDC and not ever kissing for some reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then they did the same thing with the second episode. It's based on the, uh, on Larry Underwood, who was sort of, uh, who was basically Springsteen at uh, Stephen King's admission in the book. Um, and is now more of like a sort of like bluesy singer songwriter guy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd choice that's making for 
I'm really enjoying it, but I don't if you had no idea about the stand, I don't know how how interesting it would be. But uh right. yeah, that's my thing. Greg, can you're vaping in the apocalypse? All right then. Is it scarier than like would which apocalypse would you rather be in? This one or the stand? Oh, this one definitely because the dispensaries are still open here. <laughs> Like, uh, for for as much as, as this apocalypse we're curring, currently living through is not great and is annoying. Um, it's also not supernatural. Yeah, it's also not supernatural. There's not a, uh, a multidimensional uh, rockabilly demon in my head <laughs> trying to get me to come to Vegas every night. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, I think I would rather be in this apocalypse just because even though the the bad guy is and the disease are named after Jerry Garcia's nickname. I would still rather take <laughs> this apocalypse than the stand apocalypse. Plus, all the dogs and horses die too. Conservatives are brainless zombies. That so is that's true. true. This isn't. I mean, they, I don't think there are zombies in the stand. I just meant like in the way we portray them, of that like everything becomes completely fucked and abandoned, and there's no power and like there's no infrastructure. Oh yeah, roads are shockingly clear. <laughs> A lot of people just driving down the road with no problem, whereas most of the book is people going like, "Ugh, there's all these cars. How do we get around this?" <laughs> we have to move all these cars. <laughs> So that's uh, that's that's my thing. Greg, can you're vaping and listening to the stand in a really good cardigan that I want to try to track down with a moose oh, on it. Yes. <laughs> what is my Who's next? Not to not to just like piggyback off of like stuff no, go for it. Like what we're into. Well, f- well, uh, Phil and I have been watching Fargo, which I know I'm late from like the movie or the show and the first second or third season. So, yeah, I all of it. Keeping in mind, I've seen none of those things that I just mentioned. (laughs) Well, that makes me feel way better because I was a bad human for having not seen the movie, which is weird because I'm very well versed in everything else, Coen Brothers, from just being an American human. Um, (laughs) I'm hit or miss with Coen Brothers, and so I think that's just one I never checked out. One of our first dates was No Country for Old Men, and it is to this day oh the movie you've God. disliked the most of any movie we've ever seen in the 13 I years we've been dating. I wanted to die. I was so bored. <laughs> this is your first 20 date? minutes of what's-his-fuck running around the dead. Just kill me. I was done five minutes into that movie. It was like when we had started dating. Oh, okay. Oh, like your first date was like burn after reading would have been that. Or burn Our after- official <laughs> first date was a Bruce Springsteen concert, which we actually talked about last episode. <laughs> Concerts are risky for first dates. It's hard to talk. It wasn't, like I said, though, it was our first like official date after we were like, yeah, we're actually dating. We'd been like seeing each other. Oh. It wasn't yeah. like he asked me out and took me to a concert. <laughs> we like, you want to go somewhere and not talk? As opposed to the girl I asked out freshman year and took to a Jimmy Buffett concert and then she never called me again. Yeah, well, that was your fucking mistake. A Jimmy um, Buffett. Were you dating my dad? Yes, actually. Courtney, I, I, have, I have something I need to tell you. No, I'm dating your dad. He's um, dying for someone to take him to a Jimmy Buffett concert. I will absolutely go to a Jimmy Buffett concert with your dad. <laughs> we, met, we met in college, so it was more of like, a, you know, we they're, they're, you're just in college. You're just around. We just went to UCB a lot. Yeah. That's... Oh, okay. No, so I, yeah, so I, I watched Fargo the movie for the first time because um, I realized it was a sin that I hadn't. And when you work at the pop culture art gallery that I do, it's a sin in general to have not seen a lot of the films that <laughs> inspire the Prince. 
So Fargo is just one of those things that I felt like I'd seen it just because I was always around Fargo stuff. And I mm-hmm. knew references. And I was like, oh, right. I've never seen this movie. And you forget sometimes. Um, so watched it, loved it. And then, so of course we got into into the show. And so we just started season three. Um, That's the Ewan McGregor, Mary Elizabeth yes. Winstead year, right? Yes. That's a very fun one. Um, so I just feel um, like a good person for being caught up on <laughs> How have you how have you been enjoying the show compared to the movie? It's great. I love it. Did you watch the other seasons or did you I know they're all standalone. I just don't I didn't yes. know you also watched no, them. No, no, okay. we've been watching them in order. Well, cuz they do have okay. some kind of yeah, there is there, there there is a connecting thing. Yeah, to all yeah. Of them. The second one was definitely my favorite and so uh, I feel like every day since we finished the second season, my boyfriend and I have been uh, discussing which um, which character in the Blumquist couple we are <laughs> Ed or Maggie <clears throat> which is Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons sure I'm like you're the Kirsten Dunst he's like no you're the Kirsten Dunst so <laughs> basically we'll finish a show and then just talk about which uh, character we are in it you, you never and, want to be the Jesse Plemons in a in, in, a in couple. any relationship <laughs> he's a nice man they're together Aww. in real life it's very it's lovely that that show um oh yeah because you know they uh, spoilers, but he basically at the end of the end of the, the season after going through this like on the run Bonnie and Clyde thing together, he's like, "I this isn't working out. I want a divorce," and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That season is that season has a lot going on. The first one I felt like was a little more flashy in terms of like casting because mm-hmm. you had like Billy Bob and Martin Freeman and. Uh, Mac from Always Sunny, uh, no Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah, Dennis. Um, who gets killed in such a great way? Oh, I know. Um, I I hope when I die, it's uh duct taped it's- to an exercise bike. <laughs> Just being shot, I believe. Um, but that second season with uh Patrick Wilson and Mike Milligan and uh Ted Danson is just yeah so good. It's that's my favorite one. I that's what I'm I dug the most so far. I mean, the first season was great. It was just like it's so cringy with everything that Martin Freeman does. Um, uh, but I was oddly I was very sexually attracted to Billy Bob Thornton in the first one. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> There's just something about that bowl cut. <laughs> the way his bangs were cut. <laughs> And then, and then, of course, in the second season, it was obviously Patrick Wilson. <laughs> oh yeah, that that uh, it's a it's a it's a slight spoiler, but that they were on the second season felt like they were on a completely like they had gone to the next level of like the the first one felt like it was just sort of the like mirror version of the movie, but the second one was like they decided to take all the stuff that worked about the first season and and do it even. Yeah. More like using like most episodes would end with a music cue from a Coen Brothers movie, but a different version of that song. I never noticed that. Yeah. Like one of them ends with this like, like stompy, almost like Alabama shakesy version of uh, Man of Constant Sorrow. Uh, oh, no, I did notice that. I did notice that. Yeah, because I love Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh yeah, that's one of my f- both favorite Coen Brothers and favorite movies. Yeah, oh, it's just so good. Oh, it's so 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 good. Have you watched the uh, any of the Chris Rock ones yet? No, because we just uh, we just started season three, so that was also my plan after this podcast. Uh, 
Sure. <laughs> Don't hurt. We're not hurting this on my account. But um, yeah, that's it's been like all week, like every night in a row, we watch like two episodes. It's, it's so uh, good. It's totally out. No, but I definitely I'm also a sucker for anything, period. So that's why I especially loved uh, the second season more. Just give me a decade. And oh, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're in another place in time. Sign me up. Just show me some good, like, 70s mustaches and, like, insanely lot wide beige lapels, and I'll be happy. Yeah. Show me a 70s home that will make me want to go to eBay and get a mug just like that right now, because I'm realizing I need it for my home. <laughs> oh, abs- absolutely. Give me that aesthetic. Give me that 70s aesthetic. Hell yeah. I also, I'm just, I'm just interesting what happens to Patrick Wilson to make him morph into Keith Carradine. Uh... <laughs> In the right. 30 years between those seasons, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I don't look that alike, but it's fine. <laughs> the real problem is that we have too many Wilsons to compare ages. That's true. We know what a Wilson age is like. And he's not even like an official Wilson. But he's a different Wilson. I know, but it doesn't matter. We know what a Wilson age is like. I always forget that he's not that Wilson. He's not. He doesn't look anything like them, so that's fair. Because there is a third Wilson brother. There is a third Wilson brother, but I just mean when you go into a Cohen brothers thing and you have a Wilson, you make some assumptions. Exactly. It was so weird seeing Owen Wilson in the teaser for, uh, oh God, what was it? Black Widow? He was in the teaser for some Marvel thing and it's like, oh. The new Loki show. Oh, the Loki show. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, there, it was A, a surprise to see Owen Wilson for the first time in a very long time. And B, he looks older now and is hot? <laughs> I mean, he always was, babe. Fair. <laughs> He's always been. Um, <laughs> fun fact. I always yeah. like to share this. Because uh, the Wilson Wilsons of the, of the Owens Wilsons. Uh, the Texas Wilsons. The Texas Wilsons are from Dallas, like me. And they- well, I lived in Dallas for two years. Um, it's, it's, it's a place, you know, but yep. so we just, didn't you live in Grapevine or is that just where your uncle lives? Uh, no, I, no, you're right. We did live in Grapevine. Oh, but Grapevine has Grapevine Mills Mall and that's where you go for the Rainforest Cafe. And <laughs> that is true. I spent a lot of time there in high school. Me too. It's, it's Me the biggest too. mall like in the, of the DFW Metroplex. Um, bigger than the, like the Galleria or that, that one, uh, that they shot true stories with David Byrne in? True, well, that's North Park Mall, which is like the bougie one that has like the high end sure. stores. It's not that big, um, but I think I'm pretty sure Grave by Mills is definitely bigger than the Galleria. Like the Galleria has like levels to it, and it's attached to a hotel. But like that's true. But those that like brand that uh, franchise of malls of like the Mills, you know, mm-hmm. uh, are yeah huge and suburban and meant to be. I mean, it had a rainforest cafe. It had the biggest Virgin Megastore. Oh, hell yeah. The Virgin Megastore, like, opened to different parts of the mall. It was so big. <laughs> the first time I ever saw True Stories, uh, and it was one of the scenes that was shot in North Park, but I didn't know it at the time, I just was suddenly gripped with this, like, deep, uh, like, nostalgia. And I'm like, what is, what is going on? Why am I feeling this, like, insane deja vu about... This mall. Oh, this was the mall I went to like every weekend right. for two years when I was like five, like seven years old. Well, then you feel that now. Like the first time I went to the Glendale Galleria because you realize that like everything shot, uh, shot like <laughs> in LA in the 80s in a mall was most likely Glendale Galleria. You're like, why do I know this? Oh, yeah. It's the, I mean, that's just the wildest thing about living in LA in general. 
Like, um, mm-hmm. at the end of The Good Place, they when they're in, like, I think they're actually in The Good Place. And I was like, that's yeah. 100% the Getty. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, it's just so weird when you're like, that's definite. What was the most? Oh, I was watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And they were in a bar. And I was like, that's 100% the Golden Gopher. It's a bar in downtown where I have been shit-faced. Oh, I love recognizing, yeah, your your local bars. I've dissociated there. Yeah, it's it's wild. Anyway, you were telling a story about the, the Dallas Wilsons. Oh, the Dallas. So, okay, so we recently got a new science museum. Well, I say recently. It's, it was probably like 10 years now. Um, but since I haven't lived there, it still feels new. Uh, named after Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's the Perot Museum of Science. As one does. Um, uh, but the the first level is like the space floor. And upon immediately walking in and going to like the space exhibit thing, I realized it's narrated by Owen Wilson. Aww. So he's just like, oh, stars. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. It's just, oh, wow, look at all the stars. <laughs> um, that was a lovely surprise. I'd say like, if anything, that's just, that's a reason to go to Dallas. <laughs> Sure. I can't think of Owen Wilson now without thinking of um, all our mutual friend Hooks and friend of the friend of the show on the Law and Order episode, uh, who has these giant uh, paintings or prints of uh, Owen Wilson yeah. and Vince Vaughn on their wall, and I think it's so great. Oh wow! I didn't know that. You've never seen them? They've posted no, I don't so think many so. photos of it. Yeah. That's very good. Go look at their Instagram. I am sure you will see a photo of them. They are. I will. They're, yeah, they're huge. That would be they're like. Huge. That would be either depending on the day, either very upsetting or arousing. Well, the story of how Hooks got them is really great too. Uh, if you go back, it was earlier this year. I'll find it and show it to you later, babe. <laughs> God. Okay. What am I into this week? I've just been like yeah. encouraging tangents because I have nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> I will too easily go off on a tangent, so I apologize. No, it's fine. Um, I don't know. I have so many things I've, like, tried to start recently. I tried to start season four of Sabrina, but the first episode was just so boring, which was disappointing. Uh, we watched Wonder Woman 84, which, was, uh-huh. which like, slapped, but also makes no sense. Uh, yeah. It, it was, was so bad. It was, it was, it slapped in the, like, what we were talking about with Fargo and, like, aesthetic. Like, I want mm-hmm. the entire wardrobe of that movie. Yes. But, like, oh, sure. but nothing else. And, like, as a comics person, I'm like, this movie made no sense and even more than comics usually don't. But, like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I don't think every movie starring a woman needs to advance the cause of feminism. Sometimes exactly. it's just about punching tanks with a himbo nearby. But, um, I don't know. I'm trying to, uh, what was I actually into? What was I actually into this week? Oh, you know what? Actually, I just re like literally today. I just rewatched Mixtic Pizza, and that movie's so good. <laughs> My only knowledge of that movie is the couple Thirty Rock jokes about it. I love that movie, and I rewatched it today while I was while I was doing work. I put it on in the background. That movie is still very good. It totally holds up. I'm well, it's Julia Pizza. Roberts. It's not Andy McDowell. No, it's Julia Roberts. Yeah. I also realized on this rewatch, because I haven't watched it in a really long time, and I texted you about this, Brandon, that Mm -hmm. um, young Annabeth Gish, uh, Brandon's cousin Emma, looks so much like. Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) It was, like, distracting. 
when I was watching it. Every time I looked on screen, I was like, holy shit, it just looks like Emma. It just looks like Emma. It was Matt Damon's first movie. It was Matt Damon. I forgot he was in it, too, until that scene. And I was like, holy shit, baby Matt Damon. <laughs> He's in one scene as, uh, as like, Julia Roberts' love interest's younger brother. Uh, Steamer. Much like your father was named Skipper. In that rich white person way. They kept ah, calling sure. him Steamer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Mystic Pizza. That's what I've got. <laughs> Well, so now that we've covered uh, Mystic Pizza... Here, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, no, and no, no. I, I got pizza, it. I got it. No, I got I've it. got it. I got it. You know nothing <laughs> about Mystic Pizza. Fuck you. In Mystic Pizza, everybody's Portuguese. And it's very much about being uh, connected to your heritage, much like Irish dance. Fuck you. I had it. Because oh. what I was going to say was, let's transition from Mystic Pizza... To some mystic pizza. Oh, that's <laughs> no. good. I hate you so it, much. Thank you. Thank that you, Courtney, for being good. on my side here. <laughs> that's because she doesn't live with your puns. That's true. I'm so much more amusing to people that don't live with me. <laughs> I appreciate a good pun. You know, puns aren't where my brain naturally goes for jokes. So when they're brought to me by another person, I'm thankful for their brain. Mine, it's where mine goes and I hate it. I literally, this is not a joke, like two days ago was thinking again about how much I hate the pun A Kingdom of Isolation in Let It Go. <laughs> well, I, I, can get, I can get that message to the Lopez's if you want. It's just, it's, it, I don't know if it was meant to be a pun or not, but, but in her performance, she hits isolation so hard and I get so angry every time I hear it. <laughs> And I was like, I haven't even heard that song, and I don't know how my brain got onto it, but I was, like, doing dishes the other day, and I was like, man, that still pisses me off. <laughs> I'm just remembering this and getting furious. I just remembered it and getting angry again. <laughs> uh, my best friend Josh uh, hates puns even more than I do, so when I find a pun that makes me particularly angry, I immediately text it to him just to share my anger. Like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I hate this so much, I'm going to share it with you, who will also hate it. <clears throat> that's true friendship. Hating the same things. Oh, no, totally. That's like the that's the only way I can have things in common with people. Yeah. So, uh, so Irish pizza. Mm, mystic pizza. Uh, tell us your history with Irish dance, because I, I don't think I knew that you were actually an Irish dancer until we booked you for this episode. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh that's awesome. Oh, fun. Um, I try to not oversaturate. Well, I guess, I mean, in COVID times, it hasn't been on my Instagram a lot anyway, but it wasn't like an you, overshare. You do, do it competitively? Uh, yeah, not any, not for the past year, um, obviously. <laughs> Nobody's done anything for the past year. Well, I mean. <laughs> no. It doesn't have the same oomph over Zoom. But yeah, for about six years. So I, I didn't start until I, I was an adult. Um, oh, cool. But that's because I wanted to very desperately when I was a kid. And uh, did you know that when you're a grown up, you can do what you want? And yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds fake. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things of I um, I wanted to so badly when I was younger. Uh, like so many people, the first thing I ever saw of it was Riverdance. Um, in what did it? When did that come out? Ninety four, I want to say. I remember Jay Leno making a lot of Riverdance jokes in the mid nineties. Yeah. Oh, so much so that like people thought that that was what you called the style of dance and that was just it's the name of the show yeah <laughs> but you know it was a lot of people's first introduction to it so I can't uh, it's and it still to this day I love watching it I think it's it's so well choreographed and the music is beautiful um 
But yeah, I was like six years old running around the living room with my sister trying to mimic it. Like I'm sure a lot of people were. Um, and I just, I was always very drawn to the music, just like Irish music in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I sorry. Guess- I did just look this up though. And it turns out that Riverdance, an Irish step dancing interval act was introduced in the 1994 Eurovision. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Eurovision. Yeah. It was a, it was when uh, Euro, uh, Dublin was hosting Eurovision that year. Ah. And it was like an, uh, not, not intermission or yeah, like essentially the halftime act. of the- <laughs> Yeah. The interval <laughs> act river dance yeah. performed by Irish dancing champions. Yeah. Gene Butler, Michael Flatley. Oh, I've heard of Michael Flatley. He's like yeah. the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. Got it. He is the guy. Um, he's all right. Like I, <laughs> I think it's funny because I. Like, I mean, like he's the guy that people have heard of. Is my yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the name. Yeah, yeah he's, for sure. He's he he is the lord of the dance. He just it's funny because he had a um. Uh, oh my god, this is like not the time to even like blank on names. What is just COVID? <laughs> I've got like six Wikipedia pages open. Ask me. <laughs> I might have it up. You know, you know how Chevy Chase was like, "Oh, I'm I got famous from SNL, and now I'm gonna look a gift horse in the mouth and like be a diva about it." He kind of did that, so it was like, yeah, that show gave him the platform, and he was like, "Well, I want to do things this way." And they're like, "Well, we're gonna do it this way. Um, stop and humble yourself." And then so he went off and did Lord of the Dance, which is a much sexier, cheesy version, <laughs> and like the story through dance that is told. <laughs> by river dance which is just like oh nature in ireland and move and you know through feet um and then he's like yeah but what if like our skirts are smaller and they're like why Um, (laughs) god isn't that every famous man's question what if the skirts were smaller but not mine he literally ran with it and like yeah kind of over sexualized what is already like a very i don't not not stoic but it's just it's an odd form to say to overly sexualize yeah <laughs> like uh, the only the only sexual thing i can stand think about it is that you're standing fully erect yes <laughs> like that's that's the closest i can get oh in his latest like show that he's done like that for the past five years that he's like produced basically of like these other spin-offs that keep coming from the word of the dance he even altered um so in your hard shoe uh, men and women basically wear like the exact same hard shoe uh, style. It's only like soft shoes; they'll be different. But you're essentially wearing the same kind of shoe. And is it Celtic Tiger Live? Because that's the dumbest name I've ever heard. Yes, isn't that the worst? Oh God! Some of the the costumes. And it's funny. I like how we're starting off by me bashing other aspects of Irish dance. <laughs> Do it. It's what we're here for. You can't love something without also fully embracing its trash. Oh yeah, he brought in like there's like a, there's like gladiator stuff. There's even like sequences like in the show where they're they're just like in suits. There's this whole like Titanic like esque element, and we're like, I don't even know what the f- yeah, Celtic Tiger. That is fantastic. But he basically he altered the um, they had to make a, a new shoe specifically for that show for the women so that they were in like a higher heel dance shoe. So that their butts would look better? Oh, it was that. just like a sexier dance shoe. And it slimmed the heel, which automatically inhibits like a lot of So it's just character things. shoes. Basically, <laughs> I mean, at that point, you there's basically, that takes out a majority of steps. 
that you can even so a lot of those dancers that have been dancing their whole lives had to like relearn how to Ugh. do yeah in a higher shoe um in a shoe that already has a heel mm-hmm. just gave them narrower and then like higher heel because they're like a, a fiberglass and so you have like that makes sound on, on the heel and then on the the tip Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then uh, yeah, the very like, tip of it, and you also have like uh, kind of like a chunk on like the the sides of the the back uh, heel part, so that you can make what are called heel clicks, and you can do little tricks in turnout, and then like your shoes like are hitting from the back, and like you can't even do tricks like that or whatever. Um, overly sexualized to like just a, a confusing level. <laughs> <laughs> This is sexual, but I don't know why. Why am I turned on? It's called Celtic Tiger. There's gladiators. Um, I mean, he did perform at uh, Trump's inauguration, so that tells you all you need to know about that dude. Oh my god, did he really? Yeah, in January 2017, flatly introduced his troop for a performance at the inauguration of Donald Trump. He called there it a great no... Oh my god. Also, I thought he had like retired from dancing. He needs to give it up. No, in 2018, he wrote, directed, and financed, and starred in a spy fiction movie set in Barbados, Ireland, and the UK called Blackbird. I cannot believe that I didn't know this, and I'm- Oh! Film co-stars Patrick Bergen and Eric Roberts, and I hope it is the Eric Roberts, like, Eric Roberts, Eric Roberts, who I once watched eat salad with his hands and will never forget. (laughs) (laughs) This is so upsetting. I- you know, it's honestly, it's a relief to me that I didn't know that he danced for his inauguration. <laughs> because, believe you me, I am on that um, Irish Dance Instagram and YouTube and all the updates of any performance. Uh, so the fact that this didn't come up in my feed is a good sign. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> because the community itself didn't care about this either. Um, That'd be like if there was a fish concert that I didn't know about. <laughs> Yeah, where he's like, wait, what? Huh? Um, no, that means no one wanted to talk about this. Yeah. That means nobody wanted to give him the fucking airtime. Sorry, that's like emotional. <laughs> like, I have to go look at this after. Uh, he, also, he also released a flute album. I'm sorry, this just became dunking on Michael Flaherty. <laughs> Flatly, whatever. No, he actually is trash, and I feel like it's a great way to start this off by saying that he's trash. He also has rape <laughs> allegations against him. Uh, that makes sense. Ugh, yeah, not surprising. It's not it's just not surprising. He's just a. Coffee. That's not surprising from somebody who made a bunch of women learn how to re like relearn how to dance because he wanted them to have higher heels yeah. and shorter skirts. So that's Vegas, yeah. baby. Vegas, maybe baby. he's maybe he's the rockabilly in your head trying to get you to Vegas. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> You're just on the creepy uh, creepy rocks playing chess, and then he's just dancing at you. Oh no, he's God. playing flute. Oh, he's, that's true. Yeah. He's going to haunt my dreams tonight. Also, <laughs> I'm sorry he, about that. He, uh, I mean, honestly, like anything that teenagers that are competing today can dance like circles around what he ever. Oh, yeah. Was. For sure. Like, just, but that's only because of just like how, how the form has progressed athletically so much even sure. like, in the past 20 years. Um, mm. It's crazy. I feel like if I watch videos from like 10 years ago, it feels like it's 10 years ago just with how the athleticism has gotten to such an extreme. Um, sure. None of which I am even a part of because that's for the teenagers, not for the old bodies that are like over the age of 25. I'm like, I'm happy to be here. This is my hobby. Um, but yeah, no, I 
I also just like grew up a latchkey kid. Um, so I was begging my parents to like take me to classes and I found like other places in North Texas, uh, that, of like the dance schools and stuff. We were just, no one was just ever able to take me anywhere. Um, so then, yeah, like 26, uh, was when I was like, oh shit, you know, I feel like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go take some classes, see if, see if it sticks. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just really enjoyed it. I also really needed, I'm inherently lazy if I don't have like, like working out sucks. So if I have something to work towards, it's like, (laughs) you don't realize how much exercise you are getting because you're just working towards a goal of practicing something. I get that. I'm I'm notorious for saying that I'm not good at exercise. Um, I'm great at sports. I'm bad at exercise because I I like things to have a point. <laughs> exactly. No, it has a point. And then and people when- are people are like, but just working out, you like you're doing it for yourself. That's the point. And I'm like, wrong. Not <laughs> what I meant, and you know it. <laughs> exactly. If you're like, oh, I'll push myself way harder if there's like an end goal to this. Yeah. And there yeah. would like there were like always local competitions every couple of months. You always had something to look forward to. Is there so a big Irish community in Dallas. I don't know. Yeah, North Texas. I mean, it's just like that. That you know how the South is just Scots Irish in general. Um, mm-hmm. There's there. Yeah, I'd say there would be like more schools. I think in the DFW area than even there are in LA. There's like three out here. Um, so I always kind of had to like go a little bit further. Yeah, not as much. You'd think, I mean, just with like a a dense city in general, but if it's not, we would, my school, we didn't have our own studio space. We, um, the school I was with, we were renting a studio space from like one of those really hip, uh, like Hollywood backup dancer studio spaces. Like they were always Mm -hmm. filming something there. And then I would see on YouTube later. Oh, I've done a ton of, I've run a bunch of choreography rehearsals in studios like that. Yeah. Those big, like, master class things that fill out. Um, and then we're there on, like, a Saturday morning. And there's windows in the doors, you know, for all the studios. So, like, these way too cool eight-year-olds that know how to, like, pop and lock or, like, walking by watching us, like, practice our skips and points. Um, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on in there? Um, that was really funny. There was, like, they changed management, and I knew, like, the new management didn't they didn't want to keep renting us the space. Cause I think, you know, they were probably like, they needed it for like other yeah, cooler things in their eyes. <laughs> so they were like always trying to find an excuse for us to not like have our rental anymore. <laughs> we weren't cool enough for it. Aww. Just intentionally finding ways to keep myself as an outsider and be like, Hey Gordon, you can start dancing, but pick the one that everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I love having pick, niche. Pick stuff. the one that everybody's like, I'm sorry, what? I don't know. I, I always thought it was so cool. It was not a thing that I don't, I don't think I knew anybody who did Irish dance growing up. We nope. were much more Italian and Portuguese where I'm from. Um, yeah, we didn't really have Irish in North Carolina. Um, but I grew up doing tap dance. And so like as a like adjacent dance form, I was fascinated by it. Yeah. It's just, it's because it's so similar, but so different in execution. It's similar to like look at from the outside, but like I've, I've been taught like briefly once or twice, like as a tap dancer, like somebody was like, Oh, and this is how you would do like an Irish dancing. And I'm like, it's so different in execution. (laughs) When you get the same, like, I mean, the, the rhythms, though, are... The rhythms, yeah. I mean, you have to have rhythm in general to be able to dance. But in terms of, like, 
the fluidity of tap dance compared to the structure of Irish dance, which is cool. Like if you look into the history of Irish dance, like it, it's cool how it evolved and like why it's structured. Yeah. My favorite one when I was reading the history of dance is that a lot of the reasons that they're one of the like theorized reasons for why there's not a lot of upper body movement is because when dance first became popular in Ireland, there weren't like dance halls. So people who were doing like traveling demonstrations would often dance on tabletops or on tops of barrels. And so they had to keep their upper body like really straight so that they didn't fall off. Yeah. Which is like so cool. Oh, so it was a coyote ugly situation. Gotcha. Yeah, it was just like a balance thing. Because they yeah, yeah they, they had like dirt floors. So yeah. the only like hard surface you had to show off your fancy footwork was um yeah, either like take like taking the door off the uh off the hinges or yeah, a barrel and if if your town had a dance master, you were doing all right. <laughs> Life simple pleasures. Cause you could just throw some uh you could just throw some cardboard down in a basketball court. And yeah, that right. usually does it. <laughs> oh, that would hurt so much. Yeah, um, sure would. There's, there's that. There's that two theories because, like, I mean, that one I feel like makes the most sense, um, just historically. But there's also a theory that for the lack of arm movement was just during British occupation of Ireland uh, and in trying to to strip away any of the Irish culture. Um, having your arms straight, if they would uh, pass by and like see through people's windows. It didn't look like they were dancing because their arms weren't. I mean, any Irish thing ever, there is some theory tied to it that it was meant to fuck the British. Right. (laughs) Every single Irish thing ever, there is some grandpa somewhere telling you about how it was to stick it to the British. Yeah, or just being oppressed by the British. I mean, that's what corned beef is. Yep. Yeah, you didn't move your arms because it was seen as a caricature of Queen Victoria. Right. <laughs> if you if you didn't move your arms. Yeah. You would look happy, and that's a fuck you to the British. <laughs> yeah. Basically. As happy as a British can look. Right. Which is mildly. I mean, I'm always here to dunk on British culture, even though I have no reason to. I just... Look, we're really easy to dunk on, and, like, justifiably so, so I might as well spread it around. Well, I mean, they're the blandest and uh, forcing, I mean, they've done the most damage globally. That's fair. (laughs) Plus, they've let Coronation Street run for, like, 40 years, and that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's just because you're not British. That's the biggest crime, truly. Yeah, that is absolutely the biggest... It's Coronation Street and then colonization. Yeah. <laughs> Colonialism. But now they're chill and now they're just good actors. That's the only way they're invading the world now is just having better actors than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And doing better American <laughs> accents than we can. It's almost like allowing people to – I'm not going to get into this. I can't do this right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Irish. So, so you got yeah. into it later, which yes. is cool. I know. It's dumb at 26 um, because your body – It's dumb at all. Your body I mean, will just, like, reject everything that it's being forced to do at first. Yeah, I was going to say, other than the fact that I constantly am um, and being like, 202 bones seems excessive because every single one of them hurts. Why? Yeah. Why? Why, yeah, why so many bones? Why? I, oh, I felt pain in places I did not know um, was possible. You had. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's so much more frustrating to learn something new like that as an adult. Um, just, you know, because. Like I, I would watch like the six year olds learn it and be like, "What the fuck?" Like they're <laughs> they're sponges. Oh and yeah, six year olds are offensively resilient. 
it was insane. And then I'm like, I'm fully aware of everything that's happening to me right now. But for some reason, my brain is not connecting this to my feet. Um, so definitely just like, it just took me three times as long to even learn stuff that like the kids could get down like that. But, um, but that is what also made it addicting because once then you do get it finally and you're like, and it becomes muscle memory and you feel like you are speaking the language that is just even like having the rhythm and knowing everything, um, once it becomes inherent, uh, yeah, that's like a crazy addicting and having not done dance at all as a kid, um, was interesting to explore that new part of myself and that's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know you had, you had no real dance experience before that. No, I know. Right. But huh. I was told by a professional dancer friend that I had good feet for it. Cause I, that, she was like, you have high arches. You'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're also like very kind of lanky, which I, I could imagine would help for that sort of uh, dancing. It is, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because in, in certain parts, yeah. And another, and other ones, no. And, to a certain extent, it's it's harder to have really tight rhythm when you do have longer legs, just because you got oh, sure. you have more. There's just a lot more of you uh, <laughs> to control. Yeah, tell it to Conan O'Brien. Just for like the sake of timing, you're like, I can't kick my butt before like my next trouble. Like after, <laughs> I can't. This I have more more to trap. There's too much leg to get up in time to make the next beat. I can't um, kick my ass fast enough. But then, but then, yeah, for like certain soft shoe stuff, it was nice, like kind of being a taller person just because you're like, ah, just extend your leg and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure to look long and you'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, and then I, I was competing for like six years and, uh, I just, it was at first like a work schedule thing started to like affect, um, my ability to like keep up uh, classes as much as I was. And then like we, we lost like a studio space um, and just of like, I think, yeah, one, one space closed and we were having a hard time renting one that was also nearby that was doable for everybody. And then COVID hit. So um, it was the last time I officially, my last like official dance performance was uh, St. Patrick's day. 2019 before a vlogging molly concert which i'd say is like a great way to kind of close that out yeah uh that was really fun it was like the fiddle player i forget his name and i feel bad for oh that's mr flogging yeah miss Mid- oh yeah of course mr flogging fiddle player volume um and then molly plays all the other parts was <laughs> and everyone else is molly um, it's like a captain and Tennille situation it was <laughs> oh mr flogging um yeah he was like on the side of the stage like when we were it was like a um uh god what's it called before before football games do you remember when things happened um you remember when things pre-game? used to happen pre-covid like pre-game? warm up the uh, opener no, when you hang out in a parking lot before the football game. Oh, tailgating. Tailgating. Yes, it was like it was essentially if there was the the pre fucking Molly tailgate. Um, How much Guinness was there, and could you smell it in the air? Oh yeah, there were bars everywhere. It was great. My favorite thing <laughs> about like any type of because St. Patrick's Day was was the um, you know that's your your Super Bowl time where you're getting booked and you can actually like. My school would get booked to go places, but I could also like personally get booked on some things and like make even like a little bit of money off just like, you know, little things like that. 
um, or how many people love to come up to you and, and tell you how Irish they are. Um, <laughs> but, but all it is is like, but still, they've never really seen like Irish dancing. And I would always get so paranoid and nervous, like just learning choreography for any kind of uh, St. Patrick's Day shows or like Christmas time shows. Cause that was the only time we would actually learn like group group choreography um, that we would kind of just ex- exclusively use like that time of year. And I would get so mm-hmm. nervous, just even like, just form and they're like ah my turn now and then you realize like they don't give a shit as long as you're making noise yeah (laughs) but but what you're saying is that's an interesting thing i didn't know until i was doing research for this episode that there are certain like set dances especially for holidays like because again coming from again like i grew up doing tap dance i grew up doing many forms of dance so to me like pieces are always like original choreography i didn't realize that there were like traditional dances that have specific sets and yeah. I also didn't realize that, like, a step is considered, like, a, a phrase much more than, like, one specific movement. Like, that it has a different kind of terminology. And it's like a sequence? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a step is, it's more of, like, eight bars. Yeah, like, that yeah. seems wild to me. <laughs> like, to me, yeah. it's like, oh, well, I learned to time step, and it's one little thing I do with my feet, and it's three seconds of my life. But, like, the eight-bar thing, I don't know. I found that fascinating, that it was just, like, the terminology, and that, that it's so structured, and, like, because it is, like, based on a real cultural thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I realized I am, like, jumping ahead of myself. No, it's like, you're not at all. Um, That's the whole point of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go all over the place. Look, we started by dunking on Michael Flattery and whatever, or whoever. I've already forgotten his name. And then I said Irish pizza. Yeah. No, that was earlier. It is. Yeah. You have uh, another like fun thing that I, I always loved about it was uh, you have hard shoe, which is like your tap. And that's great to just like be loud and stompy and like get, get angry, but also, you know, have fun with the rhythm and do cool tricks. And then you have soft shoe, which is a lot more like ballet. So within one dance form, it does still feel like you're, you have a variety. Um, and on some days you just, you know, you're thankful that it's just soft shoe. And on other days you really want to want to stamp stuff out and make some noise. And it's fun to be able to put on your hard shoes for that. And then you also have um, group dancing, which is called Kaylee dancing. And that's like a really traditional one. Um, that was like your, uh, I did not know how to say that. I saw it spelled out and was like, well, not even going to try. It's basically where the name Kaylee also comes from. I mean, just like it being an Irish word. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and then it gets spelled in many different ways. Um, yeah. And that's, that's your like group, uh, like your quadrilles, you know, uh, after mass or like dance hall type thing. And you can also compete with Kaylee. Um, and you, yeah, that's usually in. It's like groups of like two, four, eight. What do you call it? Like a two hand, a four hand, an eight hand, which is confusing because there's 16 hands, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And then for, so for competition stuff, you'll definitely have, um, there's categories for doing traditional dances, what are called like the book dances. And the first one everyone always learns is called the St. Patrick's Day. Um, and those are the um, very traditional, tried and true old steps don't add anything to it to flare it it's it's just like a uh yeah by by the book historical dance i guess if you will and you can compete in that and uh, and then obviously the contemporary ones that like every single year there's just like there's always such an interesting evolution in 
progressing steps like w- within the form still but but trying something new so it's it's weird how like because it is still like it is very strict um by like the, I mean there's a whole like commission yeah I mean well just like any competitive anything yeah. there's a regulatory yeah board. it's like it's like an Irish heritage regulatory board as well too <laughs> just Wild. like for cultural preservation purposes um which yeah which is very strict obviously and in fact if you're gonna to even get certified to teach Irish dance in Ireland you have to also speak the Irish language oh is a part of it there's like a written and spoken because that's how much of like tied into like cultural preservation yeah is, yeah yeah oh like musical portion and then um knowing no you have to Irish. be very well-rounded yeah. To be ba- no, basically, to be an ambassador for the world. Yeah, um, and that's cool though. Yeah, especially because like it's one of those things where like in in America, all of our like cultural associations are always like tied back to something else because no one's from here except for you know first peoples. Uh, mm-hmm. So like it's one of those things that like we as Americans I think tend to forget. Like no, this is a real country that still exists and people are still doing this in like. Yeah, it's this isn't just some shit that we made up and bastardized, you know, the American way. Did did you know though that that tap um, comes from Irish dance? I'm not at all shocked. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, because what t- tap is like the most American form of dance. Um, yeah, and it started here, but it's also such a blending of cultures, and that's just Irish immigrants. That's what I'm New saying. It's some shit we yeah. made up and bastardized, and then pretend it is a real thing. And then uh, we made Stomp. And then we made Stomp. You see Stomp? They just bang on everything. I'm down for Stomp. Now you gotta go see Stomp on tour. It's the same. It's exactly the same. I saw Stomp in the. I saw Stomp on IMAX. Nice. <laughs> That's just us going into Oh Hello again. As oh, no. we were discussing my cat earlier. Oh hello. It's the same thing. It's the same show the same but i always felt there's a certain punkness to it that i love and i think um just from i don't think that's incorrect that's cool i think it's super punk it's on the record i think irish dance is the most punk thing you can do uh it's punker than punk um oh hell yeah it's i mean irish punk is fucking hella punk so, that's true. Irish punk is about as punk as you can get. I mean, that's flo- speaking of flogging Molly, man. They go hard, dude. Yeah, that was such a good show. I love too. flogging Molly. It was so fun. I've never gotten more fluid on me at a concert than the couple times I've seen flogging Molly. That's fair. <laughs> I've never gotten more fluid on me than that time you took me to see Zappa on Halloween. Zappa plays Zappa, and that entirely came from that weird couple in front it did. of us. God, it was so uncomfortable. It does remind. No, it definitely the whole parking lot smelled like Guinness that day. Now that I oh, now that I recall, it was very. It was also the drunkest I had been in a very long time. But I was wearing like my dance like bodysuit underneath um, a jumpsuit, and the only reason why I also had a jumpsuit was just so it was easily I could easily transition. Um, considering I kind of had to like change in a somewhat public area, like after we danced at the Floggy Molly show. So I had like a leotard and then an actual like jumpsuit and I had a lot of alcohol <laughs> afterward because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got like free drinks for, for the night. Um, 
Hell yeah. It was very difficult to, yeah. I waited, I dragged out peeing as long as I could. So so that I wouldn't have to like then go like every five minutes. Understandable. Because it was a chore. But it was nice running, you know, running into drunk uh, Floggy Molly fans. I remembered seeing you and your and your gals doing the feet stuff. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's weird. Like COVID's been an especially difficult time because it's, I, uh, it, it used to be if I went like two weeks, if I had to miss class for like, any purpose like I had injuries a lot and I would have to put me out again it's just like having an old body uh, I had some bad bouts of just like tendon stuff and um my my heels and I had yeah like- it's it's one of those things that like not that I would have assumed you thought it was easy but like from the outside it looks really easy and then you're doing it and it's just it controls so much control that like People think that, like, being older, you have more control of your body, but, like, really, no. Nah, kids have it. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, I lose more and more control of my body with every passing day. Way harder to bounce back. Yeah, I would... There was definitely... I had, like, a series of steps for a while that, like, the amount of jumping I had to do within, like, the same, like, square foot space... Um, the amount of like leaps and jumps within like one spot I had to do it and like the pulling on the inner thighs that I had to do I swear to god if I wasn't in like the right space that day I could easily pee myself doing that step oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's totally fair <laughs> and I'm like wait let me go to the bathroom before I try this new real step um, <laughs> it's totally fair I get it <laughs> Very easily injured. Uh, but yeah, no, I would definitely, there, there. if I went like two weeks without going to class, like my body like ached for it. It just became like very addicting. And, um, and that's I- That's cool though. It's like to love, like there's nothing wrong with like, the whole point of the show is like we're into people loving things. For oh, sure. Yeah. And all we've done is bash certain people apart of my- <laughs> I think it's just because I miss it so much. Yeah. Um, it's... No, we didn't. I mean, we bashed one dude who like gives the the form a bad name, but like the form itself is like this really cool like cultural heritage thing that I know like connects a lot of people to their heritage. It's like a huge thing for kids. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like a really difficult and like complex like organization and like form. Like it's it's a cool art. <laughs> I think what I liked so much about it too was that it it was like hard and strict. Um, yeah, I think because I'm inherently not a good dancer, I like <laughs> I like the fact that I wasn't expected to like move my hips or like thrust or put arms in it in any way. That's fair. In a way, that's like how I've told like when people are nervous about like even being in the kitchen. Like I'm like try baking instead of cooking because it's more structured. There are rules, and right. it feels less like you just have to like feel the vibe, my feel dude. With it. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not one of those girls that's drunk at the bar, just vibing. Um, yeah, I liked how technical it was. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, it had these rules. And it was very technical, and it was um, just yeah, how precise it was. It felt really fun to master. Yeah, and get. Um, and I get uh, that. I totally get that. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. If I'm trying to learn like a really complicated guitar thing, like just the the feeling of getting the muscle memory right is incredibly satisfying. And then once you, yeah, exactly. Which then when I did start to try to even pluck at guitar I was like oh I get this this is just like what I do with my legs um, trying, yeah we're just trying out chords 
that that was literally my thought when I picked up a guitar. I'm like, I can type really fast, and a guitar is sort of the same thing as typing, but on strings. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, this makes sense. It's funny, yeah, just how we have to connect things to other stuff. I was like, oh, I understand. This is just, um, I was dancing for fingers. Okay, and then I. It's a keyboard you type songs on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm typing my songs on my keyboard. Oh, I had another tidbit. I'm sorry. Then I no, don't. That I lost my train of thought. That's all right. Well, if you get it back, you can tell us. But <laughs> in in things you can remember, are there any other like last things you like really want people to know about Irish dance? Is there a good place in? I know in 2020 it's hard, but is there any like good uh, resources you can recommend people to like watch some good stuff? Not River Dance. Oh no, I love River Dance. Uh, I just don't, don't watch. Lord of the Dance. Um, Just don't watch Lord of the Dance. You know, what is a fun... I just follow way too much on, on Instagram, but there are a lot of people that are doing some cool stuff with it now. There's like a... It's funny how there's there's not more like professional, professional shows. I think like a lot of people just... Um, in terms of like the, the teenagers that compete, it's if, if you don't get cast in like these three shows that are running or something they just become teachers and so there's a lot of it that it still hasn't not that much has moved outside of just the uber competitive world I guess just like with like gymnastics you know it's like you only have that um height of uh performance and recognition like when you're young and there's not like oh professional you know it's kind of a closed community in a way yeah it's just kind of like you get really good when you're a teenager and then and so there's just not as as many like shows that have branched out of it as you would think but there's there are a lot more of like really good dancers that are kind of starting um their own little i guess yeah just like spin-off touring shows or or what they can there's like a group called fusion fighters that's um they do a lot of fun videos and um they go dance a lot in um like Temple Bar area in Dublin. Uh, God, what's other? Also, I would like to remind people that you don't have to be white or Irish to do it. True. That's true. <laughs> that is a question that I would get, which was very unsettling. <laughs> people would be like, do you have to be Irish to do it? I'm like, well, that's racist because it's dance. And as long as you're just there digging it and vibing with it, anyone can, can come. So. Yeah. I would always get very excited if I just saw like any other representation at a competition. Cause I'm like, Oh, thank God. I love this person was like, hell yeah, I'll fucking dip into this and show these, like show these white girls. What's up. Um, I'm like, please do. Cause it's fucking dance. Yeah. It was always odd that that would be someone's question. I'm like, I, I was obviously drawn to it because of that. And just, but mostly I just loved like the, the music. Um, and it's a whole vibe and it turns into a party trick, you know? That's the. <laughs> and it's better than, you know, hey guys, learn Irish dance instead of card tricks. People will like it more. Or how to play Wonderwall. No man has ever learned a card trick with good intent. No man has ever pulled out a deck of cards at a party with good intent. What I'm saying is all magicians are fuckboys. <laughs> oh, but they are. That's, uh, I, I, I hate magic. Uh, <laughs> No, I I guess I could say prouder than any accomplishment or medal I've had in the in the so in the few years of dancing would be um just the ability to know I have that party trick if anything comes on at the bar. And I I have used it too many times and I have rolled my ankle um 
that I have not told my dance teacher that I hurt my foot because I was trying to show off drunk at a Who bar. hasn't rolled their ankle at three clubs? Oh, I know. I definitely <laughs> tried to do a step there. Have you ever done it at the pack? Yes. I'll try to I'll try to use it in, in shows. I usually like to back pocket it for like if it is March. Um, sure. Have some kind of like like all right, hey, hey guys, I don't want it to be overused or be like I'm that person that's going to keep forcing it into sketches. So I usually wait until March. It's not like Haymaker has ever been accused of not having enough content to fill their slot. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's fine. You guys didn't need any filler. And usually if someone tries to, like, write it in for me, it's not in the right, like, context. Yeah. Um, sure. Or, like, the music does it. Because I'm, just, like, yeah, for me, I'm like, well, let me look at it from a choreography perspective. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense here. That's um, all right. The one month Brandon was away, Tantrum wrote a, uh, uh, the police sketch and um, misnamed the members of the police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they so. got they got all of the members of the police who was who wrong and their instruments wrong. And I was just sitting in the uh, in the back of the house angrily texting Brian Musil about it. So oh, my point no. is, is all sketch teams think they understand everybody else's niche and they never do. Yeah. <laughs> and after the show, I stormed into the green room and was like, I leave for one goddamn month and you people pull shit like this? <laughs> what the hell? And of course they thought it was hilarious. You gotta be there to fact check. You gotta be there to fact check the sketches. I really do. Everybody. Oh no, that's <laughs> no, that's the worst. You're like, I, I also care way too much about things sometimes, so it would have really hurt me. And I've definitely gotten yeah, I've like turned down sketches. I'm like, this isn't what <laughs> This isn't right. This is wrong. Maybe I hold it to my regard. Um but no, it also it also is very hard to not whip it out of bars because um it's a place where people will get really excited. Well, also just like for the sake of uh, just music and like time measure, um, reels, which are like the, the fast, like really happy ones, it's usually more of a show step, are like are in 4-4 time measure, which is most pop songs. So That's true. Yeah. You basically do a real step to any pop song. <laughs> so that was definitely... I'm like, oh, let me let me show you how to Irish dance to Rihanna, you know. <laughs> so if I just like at a bar and I find that that um, rhythm in it, I'm like, uh oh. What we'll need to do uh, for this episode's promo is we'll need to get you doing some Irish dance to the Steely Dan song that Greg Kinnear vapes to. Oh goodness! In uh, in the stand to bring it all together. Well, I hope it's a horn pipe. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> It's not. It's very not. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, this was a blast. Yeah, I hope you had fun. Sorry, I'm sleeping. We did. No, this was great. <laughs> I enjoyed it. If the people... amount of people that apologize at the end of the show for talking about the thing they love is so hilarious to me. I think it's also weird just because we're not in the same room. I don't know. I feel like it's been a while since I've talked about things. <laughs> same. It's the weird the, the weirdest adjustment for me, I think, going back to podcasting in person is going to be having to make eye contact with people. Yes. <laughs> I, I completely agree. But speaking of digital eye contact, if people wanted to find more Courtney Page Barnett on their Internet, how could they do that? Oh, I'm not making anything right now. The world is on fire. Um, yeah, but <laughs> just on Instagram. <laughs> That's all right. Same. 
Um, no, is that pathetic? I really don't even have no. anything to promote because I just have Brandon's got Brandon like plugs all his own things every week, and I'm just like, and I still exist. <laughs> I can't. Oh, here's you can definitely watch Boss Baby, which is the show that my boyfriend Philip Ender works on, um, and he just wrote an episode called Boom Baby, which is on Netflix right now. People don't know there's a Boss Baby kids show unless they have kids. They usually think he perpetually works on the movie, uh, but it's a TV show, and so he doesn't even he doesn't even get to get yelled at by Alec Baldwin. No, Alec Baldwin does not voice the TV show. So, like any good woman, I will put my worth in the career of my man. And- That's all right. We talk all the time about how I'm better at promoting Brandon's stuff than he is. It's fine. That's fair. Hey, Beth, why don't you do my plugs this time? Okay, fine. Uh, you can find Brandon everywhere on the internet at, at Hell Yes Brandon. He's got an EP that he swears is coming out sometime soon, but we'll see if that happens. You can also find Inkblot online, and they've got a bunch of stuff, including some live shows and their demo that you can find on SoundCloud. He also writes on the Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, which is back this month on the third Wednesday. I think they're still doing that, but I don't entirely know because they're moving over to YouTube because they were too naughty for Twitch. Did I miss anything? That's awesome. Uh, no, um... If you wanted to find uh, Beth all over the internet, you can find her at B Scores. Um, with an underscore at the end. So with, you with an underscore. Up. But the easiest B-scores. way to find me is to follow <laughs> the podcast on Twitter at, at IntuitPod or the hashtag on Instagram, hashtag IntuitPod. Uh, we're also on Facebook if that does anything for you. Uh, we did launch a Patreon. Not sure if we put anything up on it yet. We'll find out. But you could find it in the link tree of um, our bios all over the place. Uh, and thank you as always to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. Uh, and you can find me uh, all across the internet at B scores underscore. Um, oh, really? You're just going to do it again? <laughs> Don't. Don't. Do I'd like to thank Kaylin West for the use of our, our, our theme song. Kaylin it's West, a departure Tiny by Stills, being dead. Tiny Stills song. This is why he doesn't do this part. <laughs> Our theme song is It's a Departure by Bean Dad. No, oh my god, we're not getting into Bean Dad on this show. I'm just ending the show right now. Absolutely not. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. This was uh, this was super fun. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for living no through our chaotic, chaotic <laughs> neutral, I hope. Or good, yeah. at least. Oh, and the, the, the gallery, you guys are open, what, Wednesday through Sunday? Yes. Oh, uh, we're only doing curbside pickup, but we do have um, two new shows opening on Friday. They go live on the website at noon. So we'll have a whole group art show. It's Friday as we're taping, y'all. So just go check out their website because this will be out in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, it'll, already be, it'll be on the website already when you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, it's 30 years later, so it's all films from 1991. And then we'll have some – we have some cool um, – action figures from movies like bootleg toys um from an artist named lou pimental i think that's how you say his last name and there's another y'all have another uh george townley show coming up soon right i believe so so yeah that's that's gallery 1988 for people who want to check it out online uh, if you live in LA, when the world comes back online one day, we hope they're a really cool gallery to check out in person. We'll have a Willy Wonka show in February. Ooh, um, that was literally one of the first places I ever came when I when I first came to visit LA. Yeah, my my too. I think you brought me there when you brought me to visit LA before we moved here. Oh, I most definitely did. Yeah. So. Courtney wasn't there yet. It was the blonde girl that was there before. Oh, yeah. I've only been there for two years. But no, the first time I went was like 2011. 
also, yeah. Yeah, it's been around. It does cool stuff. It's cool yeah. stuff. We'll also have a, I'm most excited about it. Uh, in October, we'll have a um, 25th anniversary of Scream. Ooh, cool. Very excited for that one. But yeah, buy stuff. Support small business. Yay. Yeah, we have we have tons of uh, gallery nineteen eighty eight nineteen eighty eight art all over our house. I want to see pictures. Oh, totally. We'll send um, you some. I have a Scott C original at my desk. Oh yeah, the one that you bought. Yeah, that I bought from you. From me. Yeah. Oh, that was the yeah that that was the last show before COVID. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. That opening could have easily been a super spreader event. I don't know how we all did. Not oh yeah, from that. Because there are people that flew in back in the day when we didn't know yet. That's like the last thing I worked on, like March 15th, was a live theater performance that like the the, the city had limited uh, venues to gatherings of no more than 50 people. But because they had flown everybody in from D.C., they were like, well, fuck that. We we flew this whole show <laughs> here, we're doing it, and they invited a bunch of people and I was pissed. I was up in the light booth, so whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but hey, here we are. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining us, and uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, all, all that being said, feats a cast over. Yeah.